0: Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is November 14th, and this is episode 124. Wow, a lot to talk about since the last time we uh, got together. Definitely. Obviously, over the last little while, We've had major developments. We talked a little bit about the FTX debacle in the last session. We've since seen a couple more things come about. We'll try and get into that today. I'm going to have my good friend Trend Expresso talking about some of the, uh, some of the information regarding the Bitcoin chart uh, comparatively to the M2 chart, which is essentially, uh, maybe Trend. you can jump in here. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, go ahead. Thanks for bringing me on. Um, Yeah, I mean, if we just want to straight jump right into the the old money supply idea, obviously the more, given a static population, but a growing money supply, you would expect pretty much all assets really to to go up in value, right? I mean, in, in nominal value, right? You would expect the actual price of things that you see to go up. What we saw during the, especially the beginning part of the COVID pandemic and, you know, the I mean, people still getting sick. Uh, A lot of people are still getting sick. But um, the the stimulus, from an economic standpoint, the stimulus has stopped. And what we are seeing now is, I mean, you see around the the world uh, inflation taking hold Well, it's because you increase the money supply so much. I mean, that's one of many reasons, yeah. Um, Certainly a contributing factor. As it applies to Bitcoin, though, if you increase the money supply and you don't necessarily have... uh, a population that's growing as quickly as the money supply, right, such as what happens when stimulus money gets given out, then you, you can rationally kind of or dubiously extrapolate the price comparatively to the past by dividing the actual Bitcoin chart by dividing it by the M2 or M1 uh, money supply. So if we take a look at M2, if we take the Bitcoin price divided by M2, we'll see that the Price today has was already seen also in uh february twenty twenty when bitcoin was so today's price is sixteen thousand three hundred but in february twenty twenty the price was more like ten thousand two hundred then I see uh potato has a slightly different chart chart up there. i think he's i think we're looking at almost the same thing but a little bit different. I don't know if mine's right or his is right but anyway um the 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 gist of it is is pretty similar that uh, ten thousand five hundred was is pretty similar in twenty twenty to today's price. Let's see, around I think that's nine thousand five hundred, or no, I guess ten thousand even. In uh, let's see, what is this? June twenty nineteen, and nine thousand five hundred in May twenty eighteen. All of those prices, if you divide them by the money supply, are equivalent. So, we can we can extrapolate a few things from that. One of the things you might think of is we're already back down into this testing into this uh price range that we saw in 2017 uh, a lot in 2019 where the where the the accumulation phase was peaking out. We can kind of see that as as price is already there, right? Even if nominally it's not, the the nominal price is 16,000 instead of 9,000, but if you compare it Divided by the money supply and compare it, you see that we're already there. And if if we see that as a place of resistance previously in 2019 and a place that we um, blasted passed through in uh, in late 2020, you could argue that now Bitcoin is is really formally entering a new low accumulation phase, a, a phase where where there's already been tons of price action, a lot of history lot of volume and that it's coming back into that support area. Um there's no way to know if that's true or not. This is this is really just a theory and theories are are meant to be proven over time or or unproven with you know data in the future, right? Um I guess I said the same thing there. Either way, there there's no way to know without um some more months of data. Um but it is something that is I think very interesting and something to keep an eye on. Um, and Certainly, if you do divide it by the money supply, then, then you also notice that even though we had a double peak last year, and the second peak nominally in November 2021 was higher than the peak in, uh, what was it, March, April uh, 2021, nominally, instead of it being 64000 in November it was 69000 But if you divide it by the money supply, the second peak was lower than the first. So a, a lot of these things kind of go in concert with each other essentially suggesting that um we we might be that the, there might not be another 50% down and if there is another 50% down you know we could kind of it would be the equivalent price i mean 50% down from 16 would be 8000 yeah but that 8000 would really be equivalent to more like 3000 or something in 2019 there's no way to really know that i, I haven't done the math out but it, it certainly it suggests that the the nominal prices you see now are going to be higher than the prices that we saw in the past when you use it against the money supply. M2 um, is, I I, I don't want to be too much of an authority on what exactly it refers to, so you you guys should go and Google it, but um, it basically does definitely refer to money that is is put into circulation by uh, the Federal Reserve, usually through um, private banks. And there's another... Form, which is M1, now M1 is I believe the liquid money supply so that's that's like what is in people's, uh, what's in cash, what's in people's checking accounts, that kind of stuff now let's see if I can find this M1 so the M1 money supply is if you do Bitcoin's price versus M1, it hasn't peaked since, it, the, the highest peak is still December 2017 now it, there's a few ways you could read this, I might read this as saying Unlike M two, which is M two is more. I think the, the the sources of funds from which people actually would invest in different assets, whether it's stocks or cryptocurrencies or, or such. I think M one because it's more the the day to day currency. It's what's in your uh, checking account. It's cash. If that's continuously going down, it really might not be so much that there's not an interest on it, or or, or like there's not public interest to to hold that asset. But maybe it's more that people are the cost of living is continuously going up yeah and so the amount of disposable income that they have to to invest or to save or anything like that is going down and so that might be something that we're seeing here whereas in the case of m2 which is more the the investment type of you know pool that's that's obviously been um that's i think it's a better metric to really use for this um so just something that, that, that i think is interesting and yeah, I mean, I mean, there's certainly, without a doubt, the price today, 16000 is definitely equivalent to a lower price in the past. I mean, there's just there's, there's no way around that, no matter what, what, you, what chart you want to look at. So that's, I think it's a very interesting thing to, to keep an eye on.
0: Hey, well, I really appreciate your insight, Evan. I love that we started off nice and strong and get all that smart <laughs> juice into the
1: mix. Should I, should I do one other little smart thing?
0: Of course, man, yeah. If you got more
1: for me... Let's, uh, let's, let's take a look at what people think the interest rate is going to be. I think it's FedWatch. Yeah. So CME does, does a whole polling on everybody in the, uh, not everybody, but you know people who obviously respond to the polls in the stock market. So let's see. For what is the funds rate now? Right, right now in the US, it's 4%. Is that right? Um, right now, the federal funds rate is, why is it not telling me? Yeah, it's 4%. Okay. So the current uh, interest rate in the States is 4%. For the December 14th meeting of the Fed, 85% of people in the stock market believe that uh, the, the ending result is going to be a 50 basis point hike to 4.5%. Only 15% of the stock market believes it's going to be higher than that, a 75 basis points to 475 you could look at that as the market is pricing in 50 and not 75, I mean that's certainly how I read this. And if that's true, if they're only pricing in 50 and the the Federal Reserve comes out hawkish in December, December 14th, and they say, no, nah, we, we need to keep doing 75s, uh, I think we're gonna see, I think that week is gonna be volatile. I think we're gonna see all kinds of, of movement and I think generally the, the, from beginning of the week to the end I think it's gonna be down. Um, because whenever, whenever markets price in a certain thing and, and then more bearish news or whatever it is comes out, then obviously the you know prices people, people sell off. Um, the next one in uh, February next year, let's see, people are, the stock market is pretty much split, I mean, it's roughly 50-50 between uh, staying at 450 or maybe doing a 25 more to 475 and up to 5%. So very interesting things. Um, Basically, the stock market, the U.S. stock market is not pricing in another 75 raise. They've only priced in another 50 for next month. And they're pricing in at maximum another 50 for February 2023. Personally, I I think the Fed is definitely going to go 75 next month. That's what I think. And I think that there's a very high likelihood that they go 75 again in February next year. I guess when we uh when we get more into the macro environment and P.O. can jump in here, you know, then then I, I don't want to potato. I don't want to derail your uh, your Bitcoin news. No, I mean definitely not, man. I mean, you, you're uh, <laughs> it's all
0: good. I, I, I love grabbing the other side of the ideas of things. Um, for sure, we it's 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 a very realistic uh, viewpoint at this point in time. Like it it makes way more sense that they would wait until maybe late into the first quarter to really start shifting. You know, I think that a lot of the uh, anticipation of shifting now is just based on opium, really, in reality, because they've, they've clearly stated that they're not going to hold back or become more dovish until, you know, they're, they're just they're saying, like, it's not happening right now,
2: <laughs> which,
0: I you know, why would they say one thing and then do another? unless they have clear result for what they're looking for.
1: Yeah, I mean is inflation coming down? Is demand subsiding? Is the stock, is the job market kind of cooling off? That's more like a side effect of the other I don't think so. So, at least not in the states, right? In in other places perhaps. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I just I think that they're I think the mar- the stock market is definitely smoking some hopium right now. Uh, I, I just don't think that there's going to be a 50 basis point. I think it's going to be 75, another 75 after that. Break the 5% wall. Uh, bond market is going to go nutso over that. And, um, you know, we see, see what happens.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I appreciate uh, your insight today, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah I, yeah, I think that's, it puts us in a good place to now take a look at our macros and everything else with, uh, with what's going on in the crypto space, my friend's. So yeah, with all that being said, taking a look over here on our weeklies, as we always do on our Mondays, we have yet to see a full-on weekly triple confirmation back to the downside. And if we do, within the next week or two, we can clearly see that it will be the second bearish engulfing uh, triple confirmation that we would have had in a row, essentially invalidating the bullish triple confirmation that we had at the end of october so not fantastic stuff if it does occur obviously um to be invalidated for a second time in a bearish fashion may trigger us into a much more violent uh, downside swing which i believe we did talk about in the last session if everything really starts to fall off a cliff and uh completely Turns around invalidating the bullish stuff that we've had. We could be up for as high as I would say about a 50% crash still from this point. I'm not saying guaranteed to happen at this point. Nothing's confirmed up on this macro chart, but it's something that I think we need to have in the back of our mind. We're still holding the floor, but the floor is only the floor until you smash through it. So definitely, you know, I would be on my toes vigilant of what's going on in the space. we still, I do not believe have seen the full repercussions of the whole FTX uh, debacle and potentially uh, more companies slash exchanges slash um, tokens to you know to fall off as well. but to be seen, you know we need to uh, we need to have confirmations of everything first. when we move into our more midterm macro stuff, uh, four days down to one day. We can see that the four day did clearly triple confirm. We bounced off the zero line with money flow and or turned over, you know, not looking great. Unfortunately, there is potential set up here that it's like we know that at this point in time with Bitcoin, this level that we're at right now in every other occasion in history, We've seen old and bounce. Um, is this time going to be different? Are we going to break a ten-year trend, somewhat of sorts? You know, I know a lot of people would argue that we've already broken the tenure uh, logarithmic growth curve, but in some fashion, I just i i don't actually believe that to be true. I believe that the point in which of where we would break would be here and now. And I think it goes back into that point of uh, what we were talking about with the M1 and the M2 charts. Essentially, that you know we've we've never actually gotten back to the point of the previous low, and the previous low being right around that three to four thousand dollars at this point in time. Uh, with the M2 data, you know we're sitting somewhere between eight to ten thousand. If we didn't have all the extra inflation. You know, because I think that's where a lot of people are targeting right now, is back towards 8 to 10, right? That's what everyone has in their mind, but I don't think that they're realizing that because of all the extra money that got printed into the system, technically, as far as things go, the price where it is now is already there. So I don't know if we actually need to get into this zone to fulfill this uh, this whole thing. So. It's it's again just one more thing that you can add to your arsenal of information. Potentially this could be a very bullish setup if everything somehow turns itself back up if this whole FTX thing wasn't that big of a deal. Like I said from the get-go, if 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 people are really just putting more weight into it than they should and need to, you know, because stuff like this has happened before. If you recall what happened, you know, with Voyager Whole uh, BitMEX uh, debacle with uh, Arthur Hayes, like you know, we've had major exchanges pull shit like this in the past. It is a big deal, Commander. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying is it is it as big of a deal as it's actually being made out to be? You know, I just I feel like a lot of this is being inflated past the point. Uh, of how actual actually important it is you know like it, in the whole scheme of things the overall complete amount of asset in the space yeah like we, only only time is going to tell you know what the fallout's going to be and if we continue to see the dominoes falling then you know that'll that'll be what it is nails going into the coffin we may see a cycle that's completely different from the last 10 years um, of cycle that Bitcoin's had. But at the same time, if it's not, and this whole thing kind of works itself out, smooths, smooths right over, we're at a very important precipice point um, in which of where we've seen all the major capitulation uh, bottoms in the past. Again, I'm not banking on it because we don't have any triple confirmations, we don't have any signals. There's just potential for this to turn into something really big and potentially very bullish if if it just gets worked over and worked through. You know, I know there was a bit of news with Binance coming out, uh, the CEO saying that they were going to try and smooth out some of this mess. I got
1: a, I got, I got a little something on this.
0: Yeah, please jump in
1: traditional uh finance systems you know with banks central uh central banks private banks they and yeah as, as commander was saying that uh Binance was considering helping them out with liquidity that they released a uh, an LOI a letter of intent to to acquire FTX and then they backed out a couple of days later after some due diligence and realizing that FTX is I, I don't even know how big the hole is it's a, it's at least 8 billion dollars big um anyway what I was going to say, though, is that all of traditional finance is built on the fractional reserve system. So banks, when you, you know, if you deposit a thousand euros in, they're, they're not going to keep a thousand euros. They're going to keep a hundred and loan out 900, you know? And so if there's a run on the bank, then the bank obviously only has enough to pay back roughly 10% of the, the of of people who deposited in. Now that's fine, So long as you control the currency supply and you can, in the case of central banks and stuff, you can extract more of the, uh, you can reduce the money supply through taxation or other means and you can increase the money supply in in this situation, right, by just basically printing more money. So if everybody wants their money back, okay, we'll just print you the, the, you know, we'll just print you a whole bunch of euro coins. Okay, cool. So I have those now. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I mean, technically we've also a byproduct of this is natural inflation over time, uh, especially because you're constantly increasing the money supply, yeah? Now, where FTX went wrong is that they they had their FTT token, but it wasn't that people were depositing FTT and they were running a fractional reserve with just the token that they control. They were running the fractional reserve, my understanding is, on all of the assets. Well, you can't do that because if you... If you have no control over Bitcoin's money supply, like the supply of Bitcoin, right, then you you obviously can't fractional reserve it. You can't loan out part of someone's uh, deposits. Uh, especially you can't loan it out, transfer it off of the exchange to somebody else, you know and, and, and that whole thing because then what if the first what if person A wants their their money back? I mean, then your only choice is to, and then here's where where FTX kind of doubled down. As as far as I know, right? The the story is still coming out, and and I'm definitely not as I, I'm not in the inner circle. I just you know I I do what I can to piece it together. Here's where they got into even more trouble. So they they didn't keep everybody's funds a hundred percent. They would loan it out, and then when somebody did demand all of their funds and they were short, they would then, my understanding is basically print more FTT token and unload it, a la Luna style or something like that to try and like basically print the money into existence, yeah? But crypto doesn't really work like that. I mean, ultimately, you, you, you hit a breaking point where you just can't, you can't print a token that you just made up and use that as the collateral or, or leverage or whatever against a loan that you owe, right? Because when you, you basically know, FTX is now in the situation where they owe a loan to the person who deposited crypto because FTX is, is also a, a loaner of that crypto out to somebody else. They're a, uh, I don't know, there's, there's another word other than loaner. So yeah, they basically got into big trouble. Whether it's this or, you know, Mount Gox getting hacked, where they lost, I, I don't even know how much Bitcoin was lost in that, right? They just kept tons and tons of Bitcoin in one wallet or like a dozen, I don't know. It was like a, a very small number of, of wallets, right? This is like just a, a principle this is like a first principle of Bitcoin or of crypto in just in general. You don't, if you want it to be yours, you need to have the private keys only under your control. If you deposit your funds on a centralized exchange, if you deposit your funds into a lending service like Celsius, you don't control that asset. They can do whatever they want with the asset. And especially read through the terms and conditions, you know, places even like Coinbase. I think Coinbase is, is very respectable, but at the same time, you read their terms and conditions, and they say, if, if we're insolvent, we are allowed to go after user funds. So I, I think that this is just the same thing repeated again. It's the same crypto winter, you know? There, there, how many exchanges went under in 2015? How many went under in 2018 and 19? I mean, they were pretty much every exchange that I used in 2017 doesn't exist today. So I think this is just the, it's it's a different reason But it's the same thing. It's people who over-leverage themselves or make bad financial decisions. Exchanges that don't operate with with a low risk threshold, they they go under. Uh, What is Commander saying? The emergency fund? I don't know anything about the emergency fund. Makes me feel so safe about Bitcoin. I mean, or so so safe about Coinbase. I mean, that's the thing, though, is like you should definitely not. I I cannot, I I just, I, I could never like uh, recommend to somebody oh like just go and buy Bitcoin on Coinbase and keep it there like heck no dude like read their terms and conditions look at what's happened in crypto if it's not your keys it's not your coins I I think the worst thing
0: about this was that it was in the FTX terms and policies that they would not use use user funds to be lent out right but that's exactly what they did rip yeah like just a big shit show of a situation. Yeah, like I said, I I really believe that this is not the end all be all situation for crypto. I mean, did they lose hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin? No, they lost dollars, you know, equity, um, trust, right? But I don't know. Like I said, I just am not. For some reason, something in the back of my mind is telling me that this is, this is somehow being overinflated about the, the overall actual, you know, how, how bad this truly is. Now, I could definitely be wrong. This is just me speculating and going off of my gut feelings. Again, nothing is 100% confirmed and you shouldn't, you shouldn't trade based off of that, especially, you know, but it's just something to have in the back of your mind, yada, 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 and be paying attention to what's actually going on. This is this is the time when the sharks, the whales, you know, they take advantage of the emotion that's coming into the space because there is a lot of emotion right now. Right. People freaked the heck out. We dropped 30 percent in almost one day for something that I think could have been, you know, it could like could have been dealt with on a much better uh, basis. But that's just my thinking. I'm not 100 percent. It is what it is daily uh, as of right now. I mean, it's not looking great, but it's also not looking that bad. You know, you look at this drop, you look at how much we dropped here, and you look at the overall volume of the drop and the overall momentum of the drop, and you say, hmm, well, that's quite strange. It really wasn't that much. It wasn't that much momentum. There was a good amount of buy pressure in this zone. And You know, like I can imagine that Binance is in the background laughing all the way to the bank as they're, you know, they're buying up the fear and other entities at the same time. But, you know, like I said, I'm not the be all, end all, know it all, and things could rapidly change. I'm open to still seeing us absolutely decimate price and continue lower. This may be one of those crypto uh, Christmases where. Things aren't fantastic, but the fact that the Dixie and the US 10 are finally showing signs of rejecting the highs and the levels here, and we've, you know, the drawing that we put out uh, a couple weeks ago is continuing to play into fruition, right? We've continued to top out, now making lower highs for the first time, you know, in a very long time. There's there's potentially a lot of push behind this whole thing, um, you know the S and P, four thousand points. The last time we were here was back in September. We were already on the way down. We've you know at least in the midterm, short term, we're rounding off a bottom. We're potentially going to try. You know we've got higher lows, we've got higher highs in the short term, but the midterm, right? We still have a very important resistance that we're coming up into. We've already tested three times. That's going to be the most important thing. If we can get through this level here, that's what's going to be important here. Um, That the fractal, whether it's bullish or bearish, makes its way up and through uh, the 4,000 to 4,200 point level. That's going to be what's really important here. All this stuff in between is just noise. Like Until we're actually smashed through or above, there's nothing that's for sure, you know. We're still stuck in this medium-term range, essentially. And again, I'm not I'm not banking on anything. Whether it's it's more pushed to the upside or to the downside, but looking at the overall of everything, when we're looking at weekly, you know, this is this is a very heavy drop off, a very heavy triple confirmation that's already happened on the Dixie a very heavy potential triple confirmation coming for the us-10 and the other bond market stuff it just it has to last you know it can't just be this half-ass type of thing but now where we see the last time we triple confirmed we didn't have any divergence in the momentum in the money flow now right the money flow momentum is clearly on the way down we have clear bearish divergence here between these points, we have clear bearish divergence between the market liberator, um, not really showing up on Wolfpack, but you know potentially double top, higher high. We'll, we'll just have to see. You know the market structure is still bullish, to most, uh, mostly the degree. You know, um, yeah, hidden bullish potential on DXY weekly Wolfpack though. That's true. It just depends on. You know, if it does, if it just doesn't continue going down, when was the last time it went down with this much force this fast, really, right? Like it's, it's, it's been a while and every time that it does something like this, it, it does sometimes recover back, but it's not too long after before you actually see the continuation of, of reversal, right? Right. So we'll we'll just have to see. I think that for the next two to three weeks, we're still going to continue lower. We're probably going to find a bounce, find a bounce somewhere in here, uh, on the Dixie back up to retest back into the 109, 110 area, maybe even as high as 111, 112. But if we reject off of a lower high again, um, get a converging wave or this sort of thing set up, and the money flow continues to drop off and continue just overall averaging lower and lower. you know. It's saying that potentially over the next six to eight months, maybe even longer, these things should continue to turn over and continue falling. You know, We're pretty far extended here as far as these things go in both aspects. Hmm. P.O., my good friend, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, anything that you've been reading about traditionals,
2: oil... Anything in that regard yeah it's um I'm trying to think where to jump in there, especially after uh Trends comments comments' you know it, it nothing is straightforward from here, like you know it's it's probably a terrible place to do something in in, in my opinion because it's just so <clears throat> incredibly emotional, and you know I think the market is is really setting themselves up um I think uh Tre put it as as hopium, I think. They've got it into their heads that things are going to go back to normal. And, you know, who's saying they will? So even if we get to 5%, 4% rates, they think we're turning around there, you know, and we're going back to the last decade of, like, millennia, era, like, time frame, low in rates and loads of quantitative easing. And, you know, the picture in our head is inflation will get back to 2%, like, you know, the target. And rates are going to go back down and, you know, everything we've built around, um, you know, will, will survive. And, you know, I don't think they want to factor in an assumption that maybe inflation will stay higher for longer and maybe rates will stay higher for longer. And that doesn't really seem directly matter to us here in crypto or necessarily equities, but it massively does in things like infrastructure and property. Um, so I'm still very much of the opinion of, you know, we'll we'll see a little bit of a rally here, maybe for a couple of months, maybe even you know, into Q, early Q2 of next year. But I think my thesis is, you know, we'll have high rates and high inflation for a decade, um, and a lot of stuff is going to break because it's just not built with those assumptions in mind. Then we'll, we'll see. They were- <laughs>
1: If they raise rates more, that, that left side chart, the US government bonds tenure, isn't that going to just keep going up?
2: Exactly. So like, at some say she will have to turn around, but I think, you know, the only basis you can look on this is historically, and the only time that a central bank has been able to get inflation to go down by raising interest rates, interest rates have to get above inflation. And, um, you know, so like... Inflation necessarily isn't a bad thing for governments either, because if you look at the EU, I think the only way out for the EU is to inflate European Union denominated sovereign debt. Because if they if they try and pull up the handbrake like the Fed and actually do QT, you know, you're just gonna have Italy, Spain, Portugal, bang, 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 Greece, bang in the morning. So, like to service a heavy bond debt yeah, and running inflation higher than normal, you know. It, it, it's, it'll it be good for anyone holding debt, you know, actually. And that might be a mortgage or a loan. So I think that maybe bring that to kind of some relevance to what Potato was saying. I think with Bitcoin, I'm just, you know, what's the next thing that can go wrong? And, and you know, Potato made a great point, like, FTX didn't actually hold a lot of Bitcoin, so I'd have eyes on whoever You know could be forced to sell a lot of bitcoin um but i think this is a big warning shot across the bows. it's actually very good for the scene like all the crypto exchanges now are like they understand that transparency is kind of a minimum requirement for credibility which is you know it's just gonna make things you know hopefully better and safer um uh, who knows how long it'll take but you know, the eyes of everybody is on this right now. So hopefully we can find, or they will find, um, any other like skeletons in closets sooner or later. i.e. you know, a lot of funds and stuff like that, um, who lent a lot of money to FTX But so far, like Jump and Sequoia, you know, it's small beans to them. Like, and crypto is small beans in relation to, you know, most other things. I think the U.S. office market is. Trillion dollar market cap. Um, I believe it's worth a lot less than that. So, like, there you go. Just the office real estate in the US is worth. I don't know. I even know what the market cap of crypto is right now, but probably, probably in the same ballpark.
1: I think there's other things that play into inflation, aren't there? Uh, I mean, it, it's not just a money supply thing. Um,
2: uh, shelter, shelter, and energy. That's what's been showing up as the. The biggest weights are the most um, the most impactful yes. weightings in the CPI so far. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, h- how do you get energy down at this point, think, right?
2: Yeah, and discussing energy, you got to be, you know, very cognizant of where you are. If you're in the US, you don't have to think through what your currency is doing in relation to the dollar, which you know, you know, is the is the nominating currency of most energy markets. But yeah, uh, making it simple, if you're in the US. I think it, it it does obviously, you know, um, make a difference money supply. But I think energy right now is much more of a short term thing, which is the kind of wave inflation that we saw, and then we're going to see higher energy for longer. Ie, it's not going to go back to normal again because um, they kind of miss kind of miscalculated the jump from completely fossil fuel to mixed with renewables, and didn't invest enough in fossil fuels that we actually still need you know to make things affordable to build a more sustainable future so that's what i think about long-term sticky inflation energy is going to be you know keeping inflation above that two percent fed target so yeah other than that the dixie um i think the dixie reacted like that for a few reasons i think one of which which i'm comfortable with kind of assuming potatoes picture is the feds in the fomc comments did make a Point of being quite explicit that you know a super strong dollar is not good for their trade partners, nor is it good for like a lot of US businesses that you know depend on exporting. So yeah, that's the only thing that makes me a, the hesitant about the 0.75 or the Fed kind of like not setting the market's expectations in advance because um, yeah, they actually came out and said like yeah, this is not good for European partners or British partners or whatever, developing world especially i'm
0: just i'm I'm thinking too like you know if if these new numbers do become the new norm right if we peg ourselves to around five percent inflation for the next say four or five maybe longer years you know um then then yeah like it'll become the new norm things will level themselves out and oh like well, sad to say but we'll probably just continue this this race of of you know, everything will just continue increasing to match up with the with the inflation data. Yep. Like you know, it didn't it's stop the, housing, it didn't stop oil, it didn't stop go- anything for the last
2: twenty years. I, you know? it's it's the most cynical outlook I can have because it's the most political, politically easy option, you know, for the establishment to, to do because they've been. Borrowing all this money and printing all this money to just you know do anything but austerity, you know, especially through COVID, and you know, most Western democracies now we're in a point where, man, if 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 they become fiscally Austrian and raise rates and keep them there longer and you know really drive down inflation to two percent, just go bust from just you know paying the interest on on what they borrowed you know there's bond yields you know so inflating all that debt away long term making a new normal of inflation three four five percent everything will adjust around it and then it becomes a matter of like you know where do you get yields to beat that (laughs) so that's why i'm bullish on ec Um, and i'm bullish on bitcoin because yeah it's you know it just strengthens the kind of door value argument that i hope that all this would with to is kind of refocus people on right That's to say it like if the if
0: the bubble or well, if the area in which the, the bubble is contained continues to grow at a much at a, at the same rate or as a larger rate, than the bubble is expanding itself it just it just won't pop it'll just continue to grow and grow you know the environment around it continues to grow, so there's nothing to actually. Can you know to to squeeze it to to make it stop? Like, yeah. what,
2: you know? What again? What uh, I don't know. What's uh, stopping them why, from doing that? Hundred percent. And I why I I'm probably gonna start saying new normal quite a lot because there's no fucking way we're going back to the new normal. Excuse my French. Like, if you look around us, guys, like there's no way we can be in recession because unemployment is so low. Like that is one of the indicators. The three indicators for recession, I think, is what consecutive months of contraction on um, employment is one. So it's it's kind of exceptional, really, when you're looking at this picture. The odd thing out is, hey, the economy still looks pretty strong because unemployment is super low. You know, people there are layoffs happening, but it's it's just, you know, it's hard to see unemployment jumping from unemployment jumping from like 3% to 7%, which is still is not terrible. Like for years, they were targeting 5% was, you know, the kind of target and full employment rate. So we're in exceptional times in that regard. And I think it's because demographics are too big to conceive of and factor in that it's kind of warping everything that's happening. And aging demographics is inherently inflationary. If You've got people, you know, drawing their their pension and spending like all the boomers are just literally last year's they started retiring and and consuming spending money that's that's ultra inflationary as well so yeah there's no new normal it's it's just going to be such a different picture for the next 10 years in terms of your underlying assumptions than the last 10 years you know so people who kind of make decisions based on existing patterns i think they're probably good people to kind of counter Very interesting points, I appreciate your
0: outlook as always, my friend. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, trend. i uh, we're running a little bit long today, my friends, we've talked about a lot of important things that I think you know uh, it's again it's just it's just good information to have in the back of your mind, obviously having some different perspectives on everything because again, no one person is going to be right about this whole thing. It is there's too much happening, too many factors for. For anyone to have an exact idea of what's coming in our future um but you know i i me personally crypto space wise you know we're not going anywhere even if this does get worse um it's obviously to be looked at as opportunity because at some point soon all this is is going to turn into fud as it always does you know in 10 years are you gonna remember the FTX crash? <laughs> Probably not. you're gonna say, why the hell did I not buy it under twenty thousand? We spent the whole majority of the last you know year and a half above twenty as soon as we're you know strong again and back above twenty at this point like it's just uh, we'll see you know that's that's my expectation again, the uh, momentum of The moves that we've been having lower and lower here since we hit 19 we came back up to 25 we came down to 18 we came up to 23 obviously we're losing momentum here but we're also losing momentum in the cell pressure even though we're continuing to step lower and lower and lower so just food for thought again we appreciate all you guys for taking the time to listen today all the people out there on the Spotify's on the RSS feeds on the Google Podcasts. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you have yourself a great rest of your day and as always, check out tripleconfirmation.com. It's uh it's only benefaction beneficiary for you. <laughs> All right. Yes, take care. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.